I have seven storylines that you need to watch going into the 2022 HBCU season. And also familiarity is the theme of North Carolina A&T versus North Carolina Central. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day you remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives to keep up with everything that i'm doing in between these episodes i have a really exciting episode i do want to give a bit of news first james houston did get signed to the detroit lions practice squad and then also i heard that Shamar Bridges is having surgery. So just a little bit of update on the two prominent players that we were looking at going into the season or into the preseason rather and what their fate is. Houston is on the practice squad and it sounds like um, Bridges will be getting surgery. So I don't know how long he'll be on the shelf. I don't even know what the surgery is, but that is just a little bit of an update on that. Today's episode, we're going to take the first two segments and we're going to be talking about the storylines that you need to look out for. And this isn't just storylines for week one. These are storylines that are going to continue going on throughout the full season. This is something from the very first game to the very last game that you can pick up at any moment and take a gander at. That's what makes these so important because it's not just a week one. Oh, Florida AM versus Jackson State, which we will talk about tomorrow, but it's not that. We have seven of them, man, seven storylines you have to watch for. I was trying to make it five and then I said I could not stop. But without further ado, let's get into it. Number one is obviously probably the most obvious storyline that people are watching Travis Hunter, but specifically for me, the development of Travis Hunter. See, a lot of people want to know how good is Travis Hunter? Is he freshman of the year? Can he be swipe player of the year? Is he going to live up to the hype? These are things that we spoke about, I think, two weeks ago. So we've talked about this recently that, yeah, Travis Hunter has a bright future, but if Hunter is going to live up to it, all of these things, not here. I'm specifically looking at the development. If Travis Hunter comes in good, I want him to get even better. If he comes in and struggles, I want him to get better, right? I think that sometimes if a player comes in good, we don't give as much thought to the idea of him improving. But that is something that we should discuss because no matter how good Travis Hunter is when he comes in, he should get got. It does not matter if Travis Hunter comes in and he absolutely dominates. At some point, he should get got. At some point, right? Does he respond to that? How does he respond to the idea that, oh, no, that guy got me? Or I had a little bit of trouble here. What is he going to do? That development is important because it is something that we have to note that I don't care if it's the FCS, uh, excuse me, the FCS level, he is still scheduled to face collegiate opponent something that he did not do in high school 
He just did not do it. He is going against a college team now. It's different, and there should be some sort of moment where he feels like he needs to adjust. Now let's swing over to the other side of the SWAC, and we're going to talk about that wild, wild west. That should be interesting. That's probably the most interesting thing about the SWAC this year. I understand everybody wants to talk about Jackson State, but this is the most interesting thing about the SWAC. Who wins the West? Right? Who wins that? You got Jackson, excuse me, you got Jackson State and FAMU on the East, but the West has Southern, Alcorn, um, Grambling, Texas Southern, Prairie View. These are all teams who should make some sort of noise. I don't know if all of these teams are in championship status. However, they should make some sort of noise and they shouldn't be an E. Grambling has Hugh. They're coming in. What's going to be the first year of Hugh Jackson looking like? All right. Alcorn, they always find a quarterback. I trust Coach McNair to develop a quarterback. Well, what will he do? Who's going to be a starter? All of these things are interesting. And then also Southern, can they live up to the hype? Because with Southern, you got Eric Dooley, you got Jason Dumas, you got all the preseason acknowledgement that you are the team to beat. But what else? What else is going to happen? They have a phenomenal defensive line. They have Jordan Lewis and Jason Dooley are in the argument for the best at their position on one defensive line. This is a special D-line, but at the end of the day, it's going to take more than that. Prairie View is going to have to see if they can bounce back without Eric Dooley. You're leaving, right? And now Eric Dooley is coaching at Southern. These two teams are facing each other. And this was a game that I have on my underrated matchups just last uh, last night, yesterday morning, I should say, really. We're looking at a situation when Prairie View wants to prove to the world that we did not skip a beat. We're going to talk about Bowie State in a second. They're kind of in a similar position, right? Just not the dominance attached to Prairie View that's attached to Bowie State, but they're in very similar positions. To the next storyline, I didn't mention one team again, and that's Texas Southern. The storyline for them is how far will Andrew Body take them? Coach McKinney has came out and said, we will go as far as Andrew Body takes us. And that is the truth. That is extreme, kind of surprising, but that is the truth. Because Andrew Body is a SWAC player of the year candidate. I'll say it again and again and again until people finally acknowledge it. Because I think people sit there and act like it's just Shador Sanders. And I'm trying to tell you. Even if you just have to put one other guy, I know I tried to throw Moose into the conversation because the conversation should expand. But if there's one other guy that completely belongs in that conversation before a game is played, it's Andrew Body. He has shown himself to be capable. It's about putting that talent together now. So I will continue to tell you that he is a SWAC player of the year candidate. He deserves to be in that conversation. That is what his talent demands now it's about putting it together i have a couple of question marks on that team definitely within the defense um preseason is all about what you feel comfortable in i just have too many question marks on the defense i hear it's going to be good i haven't been able to see it from my own eyes i hope that they knock off prairie view when it comes to the labor day classic y'all know i'm not about to hide my favoritism on here i'm gonna tell you the truth and how it is right i hope they they come out with that victory for the first time in a while um with that being said, I'm not quite sure about the wide receivers either. But when you have a talent like Andrew Body, he should make those wide receivers better. And to me, that's going to be something I'm looking at. Okay, we don't have these big name wide receivers. But when the season is over, you should not be able to say that Texas Southern doesn't have good receiving threats. You shouldn't be able to say that. And that's on Andrew Body. The one thing I can feel comfortable in is the quarterback 
in the running game. They got some good running backs, and they also have a quarterback who is a part of the run game. So with all that being said, going forward, we're going to continue with this list. However, we're going to talk about the MEAC, and we're going to talk about some of the independents, and then also a D2 school as well as we continue rolling on Locked on HBCU in giving our storylines to watch. Before we do that, let me tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is the number one place for all of your wagering needs. Listen, if you want to put some money down on the NFL, Bet Online. The NBA and the futures attached to it, Bet Online. NHL, MLB, combat sports, esports. Bet Online has you covered with everything. And not only are they multiple, not only are they versatile, they also want you to win by giving you information and give you articles and podcasts. So if you really want to make a smart bet, well, no need to go this place and that place and this place, unless one of those places is locked on and keep coming in here. But if it's anywhere else, go to Bet Online because they have all of that for you. In addition to being the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Let's keep on rolling with these storylines because we are getting into the MEAC. We talk about the SWAC a lot here. I'm a SWAC guy. That's no doubt is not hidden. However, there's a lot of big time things happening in these other conferences. I want to start off with the MEAC, right? No, no. I'm going to start off with the CIAA because it's the only storyline within that conference. And that's Bowie State. It's something that we kind of alluded to when talking about Prairie View. Prairie View has a situation where they just won the SWAC West and then they lose their head coach. Well, Bowie State has that times 10, times 20, right? Because not only are they losing their coach in Damon Wilson, they're losing a longtime coach, a coach who led them to dominance in their conference. If I'm anybody in that CIAA, I'm licking my chops. I'm not just talking about Union, Shaw, Fayetteville, State. No, I'm talking about all of these schools because even if I was, I don't know, if I was a bottom feeder, I'm still feeling like, oh, well, big dog is a little bit susceptible. It's a little bit of a chink in that armor. I can I, I can get with them now. I might not have been able to all of this time. And even if that's not the case, like here's the thing. Even if Bowie State doesn't have a chink in their armor because there's a lot of continuity. Some players missing, there's some coaches missing, but there's a lot of continuity. Maybe they can continue rolling. But even if that's not the case, I don't know that yet. So if I'm an opponent, I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, this is my year to take over. They got to think they're going to have to get adjusted. They have an interim head coach. We don't even know if this guy's head coach material. I'm coming for it. But then Bowie State's sitting there like, man, y'all don't even understand all the things that we rolled over, we're still going. There's expectations that they're going to be a top 10 team this year. They got to prove that right while proving to everybody else that the CIA, 
I ain't got shaky hands, right? I'm not I'm not shaking. This is in very secure hands. Trust me, the CIAA is still mine. That's a lot of that's a lot of information, or excuse me, a lot of pressure that's being placed on Bowie State right there. Now, from one champion to the next, I want to talk about South Carolina State. How does South Carolina State follow up that game? How do they follow up that performance against celebration, or excuse me, in the celebration bowl against Jackson State? How do you follow that up? Not saying it's impossible. I know what I'd be looking for. For me, I'm looking to dominate. I think last year you had your turbulence as every season is going to have. However, to win that game in the fashion that you want it and to return the amount of players that you're returning, they know how to win. They know how to win big. Now I'm trying to go and say, all right, when I face a and T, I'm going to show y'all what's up. I'm going to show y'all what we do in the MEAC now. I don't care if you know more. I'm going to show you how we do it, especially us because we're the champions. When I face Central, I'm going to say, all right, Trey Oliver, you got that, that, that chip on your shoulder? It doesn't mean anything when you go against us. You can be as motivated as you want. You can't touch it. You can't beat us. When I go against Florida A&M, which will be the other premier team that they're facing before the Celebration Bowl, no disrespect to Central, I'm sorry. But there's a three premier teams in the in, in black college football. Bowie State, excuse me, not Bowie State. They're just on a different level. South Carolina State, they're both the Bulldogs, but South Carolina State, FAMU and Jackson State. I need to go prove to FAMU that, nah, you ain't going to shellack us like last year. So I want to be more dominant. That's the next step. So if you're asking, how do you follow up? I don't know. How do you want to follow up? With dominance. That is what I'm looking for. If I'm South Carolina State, as we keep rolling, right, let's go to another MEAC team, Norfolk State. I'm looking at J.J. Davis in the running game of Norfolk State. See, you have Pookie Carter back there. Now, it ain't, look, he ain't there anymore. You just named Otto Coons the starting quarterback. J.J. Davis was named the starting, or excuse me, the MEAC player of the year. When you're looking at Norfolk State, they're going to replace Jawan Carter at quarterback with Otto Coons. Yeah, they're replacing Jawan Carter with Otto Coons at quarterback. But if you're replacing the importance and how much of the offense was ran through the quarterback, it won't be through the quarterback anymore. It'll be through the running back, and that's J.J. Davis. There is a reason why people are picking him to be the MEAC player of the year. But you're also having some shuffling on the offensive line. Well, how are you going to deal with that? What are you going to do? This is the wrong time to lose your quarterback because everybody is keyed in on J.J. Davis. When, when Carter was there, you had a distraction. You had a balance. You had to worry about both of them. Now it's all eyes on J.J. Davis. Coons got to – he has to gain some sort of respect because he doesn't have it yet. They're going to be playing to stop J.J. Davis and force Otto Coons to beat them. If he can't beat them, I don't know. Hopefully, J.J. Davis is just that good. The offensive line is still that good. Um, you still got a bird at center. So I do think that there's pieces coming back that you can say, oh, yeah, we can handle some of this, right? But that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Mind you, these are storylines that at any point you can pick it up. If J.J. Davis is going to win the MEAC Player of the Year, he's going to need an offensive line to block for him. 
I'm not seeing many running backs out here getting offensive player of the year with a bad offensive line. So those are things that we're going to have to watch shuffling at the offensive line position, no quarterback to really take the threat away from the defense. You are now the main focus. You are the man. You are the guy, not only because you're expected to be the best player, but also because your quarterback is likely going to have to earn his respect. And then the boxes will probably lighten up. Be interesting. Lastly, we're going to go with North Carolina A&T. That's it. <laughs> really, if you want to be specific, it's can North Carolina A&T win the Big South? That's genuinely the topic. Um, they went five and six last year, the first losing season in a good minute for A&T. But why I want to know if they can win this is because, well, I'm looking at there hasn't been a, an HBCU win, a non-HBCU conference in over 20 years. Can they be the first one in that time? I want to say Tennessee State won in either 98 or 99, but it's been a long time. So can they be the one? And that'll be the thing that'll be most interesting to me and something that I will love to watch. Um, <laughs> and then also, you got to understand, they're going into the Big South. So not only is it about bragging rights for me and just saying, oh, North Carolina A&T did this, that, and the third. And HBCU came out and won a non-HBCU conference. They'll get an automatic bid into the FCS playoffs. And then they're also going into the CAA next year with a little bit more momentum. That's one thing that I will be looking out for in North Carolina A&T's 2022 season is can they win it? Can they win it all? But one thing I'll be looking for in week one is a familiarity between them in North Carolina Central with the defensive connection and then also the long, long history between these two teams. We'll talk about that as we continue rolling on Locked on HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to talk about the Aggie Eagle Classic. Parity is going to be the theme of this game. Now, I say that familiarity is going to be the theme, but I want to fly in the face of that first and talk about why this is kind of rare. One thing that isn't familiar is playing in Charlotte, and that's what they'll be doing this year. This game has been going on for 100 years, a century. Uh, man, we're not even rounding up or down. We're talking about 100 years on the dot. This is the 100-year anniversary of a and versus Central. The two biggest HBCUs in the state, it's only proper, it's only right, that you house them in the biggest city in the state, in Charlotte. They'll be playing in the Carolina Panthers Stadium. I just like taking a, an event that's special and making it more special, right? Because this Aggie Eagle class is going to be important. It's going to be special. going to have eyes on it no matter what. But now you're putting in the Carolina Panthers Stadium. You got Coach Sam Washington saying, hey, I think we could have a record crowd. This is a big time event. Treat it like a big time event by the state. And I appreciate this. It's only the fourth time ever in these hundred years that they actually played in Charlotte. So the event's big, but the rarity of the placement really makes this feel even more special to me. But let's get into familiarity because that comes on the defensive side of the ball. Coach Courtney Cord is a former co-defensive coordinator for North Carolina A&T just last year. He is now the sole defensive coordinator for North Carolina Central. This breeds a little bit of competition because just last year, he was the coach, the co-defensive coordinator. So now you're sitting here and you're telling yourself, well, he probably knows a little bit about A&T. 
However, Sam Washington and ANC probably know a little bit about him, really about how much change is going to happen. I expect a good, good chess match to start the game. The first, the first quarter could be, it could either be really entertaining on the offensive side or very entertaining on the defensive side. Because I think there'll be a filling out process. And, you know, Sam Washington feeling like, oh, well, I know what he's going to do because he did that with us. And I'm the coach, so I can inform the offense. I don't have to really tell them because they know they're practicing against it still. Right? They know they practiced against it for years. Oh, okay. We know what Core's going to do. But Core's sitting over there like, nah, you knew what I did when I was a co-defensive coordinator. But now I'm a standalone defensive coordinator. I'm the only defensive coordinator, and I get to run this ship my way and only my way. So do you really know what I'm going to do? Can you really bank on me being that guy that you knew me to be when I was in a &T? It's a little bit of a feeling out process, and I'm sure that each team will be a little bit different. But they will have some similar principles. It's only so much you can switch up unless – Court was just legitimately just doing everything that Washington wanted. And now by himself, he can just say, this is me and I can stand on this. Unless that's the case, we're going to see some similarities between North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. It was something that Sam Washington said, and I'll leave you with this quote. He said, when asked if he's worried about Court knowing him, he said, nah, he started smiling. He said, no more than he's got to be concerned that I know more about his defense, right? I think this, I think if there's someone that had to be concerned, it would be him. I think you will see some similarities in the terms of the way we do things and how we play the game. But the old dog knows some new tricks. I think if we go into the game healthy, we'll be fine. A little bit of playful banter. I know they got love for each other. They worked with each other for a long time or worked with each other for a long time. I'll be interested to see this little chess match between each team's offense and defense and who gets the better. Because the Aggie Eagle Classic is on Saturday and you need to be checking it out. This is a big time game. I appreciate you for continuing to make us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out our ultimate football preview. It is a eight part series. Eight part, guys. I know we have the football, the college football series, but now we're on the pro side. My guy, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints was breaking it down. Make sure you're checking that out and learning everything you need about the upcoming NFL season. That begins on Thursday, a week from today. Now, we'll be back tomorrow talking about our game of the week, the Orange Blossom Classic, FAMU versus Jackson State. We have three storylines, two matchups, and then one key to victory. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.